0: In 2005, two brothers hit the road to chase demons and fight monsters. You know, like you do. After 15 years, they made television history and built a community of dedicated and lasting fans. Sure did. I'm Rob Benedict, and I played God, a.k.a. Chuck Shirley.
1: Yeah, you are, and yeah, you did. And I'm Richard Spade Jr., and I played the Archangel Gabriel, a.k.a. The Trickster, a.k.a. Loki. I also had the privilege of directing a bunch of episodes of the show.
0: Have a few more a.k.a.'s, why don't you? Jeez.
1: A.k.a. You're a jerk.
0: Though we've been involved with the series for years and multiple seasons, we never sat down and watched the entire show.
1: Oh, that's not true anymore. Now. We're deep into it. We are going episode by episode and diving in with the folks who made it to bring you an insider's point of view and some great behind-the-scenes stories from the writers, producers, crew, and actors. And you're getting our pure, honest, unfettered reviews.
0: And along the road, let me tell you, we're becoming fans.
1: Buddy, we are super fans.
0: We've heard you sing it for years, and we finally get what all the excitement's about.
1: And. We can appreciate the boys toupees.
0: This show holds up after all this time and deserves to be watched and rewatched.
1: We will be hitting on some spoilers, so consider yourself warned. And if you have any angry emails you want to send, please direct them
0: to Babo. And Steve Hein. Thank you for joining our journey and listening to Supernatural Then and Now. Well, this is a real treat, because we reviewed this this episode, and we talked about it. And
1: by the way, I love that you use treat right after Halloween, yeah, Rob. Right?
0: That's the kind also, of... Yeah. Uh, it's also a trick. It's a trick.
1: I mean, dude, you can't... This is why Rob makes the big bucks in the podcasting yeah. space. This
2: is what I'm
0: learning. That's right. Here today, because of his role as Dracula in Monster Movie, but he's done a, a, a ton of stuff, including huge roles in 12 Monkeys, the Originals, and the Riches, plus numerous guest spots. And most recently, he was featured in Star Trek card as Captain Liam Shaw, please welcome Todd Stashwick. Hello, Todd. Ta-da!
2: Hello, friends. Hi.
1: Dude, so glad to, to get you on the uh, podcast. So
2: It is good to be here.
1: Little backstory. As we're spotlighting Todd, we had done, as loyal listeners will know, we did the episode uh, the Todd, uh, Monster Movie, that Todd stars in, and just been singing Todd's praises up one side and down the other. Interviewed Ben Edlin about the episode, and then I think it was the a day later that Ben Edlin ran into you.
2: Or no, it was the day. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was the day. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So Ben Edlin runs in, and you guys had never met each other. Is that correct?
2: Not face to face. No. Yeah. it's Again, it's like, and I, it, it, it took a strike to for me to meet uh, Ben as well as Gripgate. Yeah. Uh, we never met face to face. Crazy. Isn't that trippy?
1: Yeah. And then we saw then Robbie and I saw Todd at the at the uh supernatural strike event where we all went out to show our solidarity and we cornered him and it was aggressive. We were aggressive and we said you gotta do yeah, a it. Podcast. Was it was invasive. It was invasive. <laughs> it was. And after the restraining orders, uh, you know, time went on. We, They're still we we're
2: pending.
0: To, still pending. Still pending.
2: That's why we had to get it in this narrow window. Yeah. yeah. This is why it's on Zoom because <laughs> yeah. uh because it keeps the distance. Yeah. Exactly.
0: normally, as everyone knows, we're live with people.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. Good to be here. Um, Thanks
2: for inviting me.
0: Okay, so our first question. Last night was Halloween. It was. Yeah. Have you ever dressed up as Dracula for Halloween? As Dracula?
2: No, I have not. I, you know, I only play vampires on the TV. (laughs) It, uh, it's, um... No, I've never. Dra- I, I think I've been vampires, but not specifically Dracula. Stoker's yeah. or Lugosi's Dracula. Right. I mean, that's a that's that's a bullseye yeah. of a spe- specificity. Well, you, you, you know. played it yeah, so well. It, it's weird. Play- because I guess when you're like cosplaying as your own character from a yeah, I know
0: you kind of nailed that it, it. So it, it, it goes it's, it's into weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, I was that also on yeah. my my written here is has Rich ever dressed up as an angel or me dressed up as God? That's what we played on Supernatural. And uh, yes, it is. And no, I didn't.
1: And no, I yeah. didn't. So next question.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's, it's almost like a, like a naming your animal after a part that you played. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of weird, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, Down, Deacon. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, be, well, you know, if you had dyslexia, Rob, your dog would be named God. You know what I mean? Just saying. Think about
2: that. Think you about know? that. Wow. wow.
1: Um, so let me ask you this. I want to know your origin story on Supernatural. How did you end up getting the role? Is this, did you have any sort of knowledge of the show before? Did you know any producers? Or was it just just like agent calls you, you
2: audition? I knew about the show because my friend, our dear friend, our mutual beloved uh, Samantha Smith was on. And uh, she and I were in acting school together at Leslie Kahn. Oh, yes. And... Mm-hmm. And so so it was on my radar and it's also, you know, it pitches into the wheelhouse of, of things that I enjoy watching. So yeah, it was um, it was on my it was on my radar. Uh, and then uh, I wish it was a more interesting story than just a straight up drive onto the Radford lot and dance for Grandma.
1: No, I, it kind of makes it awesome though, because it's like then you're just like starting boots on the ground. You know, yeah. You no end. I mean, it was
2: it was just classic, classic uh, work on the copy at home. Remember working on copy at home and driving yes. to a lot. Yeah. Yes. Remember how crazy those halcyon <laughs> days.
1: They would have waiting for you at the guard gate a, something called a drive on. Yeah. I don't know if that exists yeah. anymore, but a drive
2: on somewhere in here. You're tickling <laughs> a memory. Yeah, it was just a straight up audition, uh, like any other. A fun one though, because I, you know, I read the copy, and I think the copy was the. Uh, it was the scene with the turn. So, like, I start out all menacing because I remember asking in the room, "Hey, do you want me to drop the accent here?" And they're like, "Try it. it." So, so it was it was trying to get the that Hungarian deliciousness down, and then finding that turn where he becomes kind of vulnerable and and just just a dude who's off right. his rocker. Yeah.
1: So, so here's a here's sort of a inside baseball audition question. But when you're in that waiting room, how many how many other dudes in that waiting room were fully dracula up, like with a cape and slick back hair and the whole nine?
2: I'm not going to say there weren't. <laughs> there absolutely were. Of course. Uh, I think I just went with like black turtleneck, you know, left over from my theater school days. Because I did go to college in the eighties. Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, I th- there were some, and then it, it, for me, it was black turtleneck and slick black hair. I think that was about the extent that I I leaned in.
1: Yeah, for those who are sort of not in the business, I'll say who listen to this podcast. A lot of times, auditions, if especially if it's a very charactery role, some people go way into the costuming of the whole thing. You know what I mean, and and I just
0: yeah, so my, my imagining a lot of capes. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure it works out for them, but yeah,
0: no, it never does, man. I'm telling you,
1: that's like that's always a it's, false it's flag operation. Them. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. more for them. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an excuse to cosplay. Unless, look, I, I cast zero aspersions. It may, it may help them feel more connected to their performance. And
1: well, okay, I got one for you. Just like off off script, I read an article about Wes Anderson casting Rushmore, and he talked about how Jason Schwartzman came in with his. Had made a blazer, had made his own patch mm-hmm. for the school, mm-hmm. and had it like taped on. Mm-hmm. And Wes was like, "Oh, I like the cut of this kid's yeah, gym. yeah. like it." It, it also it helps him. if
2: you're Talia Shire's son, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, and Francis Ford Coppola's uh, nephew, yeah. you know? his
2: nephew, yeah. and Nick Cage's cousin. I mean, like it, it, those things, I think yeah. existed yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It wasn't just like some dude walking in. Yeah, a hundred
1: percent. I always feel like there's a little bit of that, like. Well, you entered on the fortieth floor. You know you did not you did not I, start I in the so. mailroom. It's you know?
2: like it's like when Elijah Wood went like full frodo and made a film to get that part, you go, Well, he was already Elijah Wood. So it's not like right. it's not like uh he was coming in fresh and going, Who what is this kid doing? Right. Who's this kid um, from
1: Poughkeepsie?
2: A hundred percent, yeah. And I, look, there's something to be said for making those sort of short movies now, right? That now, that for sure, they may, yeah, they may help. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, you had a question. I interrupted. No,
0: that's you. okay. Well, I mean, now it's all different. You know, like we, you know, we don't drive on the lot anymore. We don't go into a room anymore. We're just stuck with our camera at home. So we're, we're all making mini films to get roles.
1: That's true. That's so true, Robert. Um.
0: So how many did you did you do any prep for the role in terms of watching Bella Lugosi, things like that? The classic.
2: Absolutely. And then obviously that spilled over into the actual prep during performance. Dracula so much has become like when people do Dracula, they are doing Bela Lugosi, but it's now been a kind of a berry compote version of that, where it's just the blah, blah. Like it's, it's, it's cartoon of itself. And I did not want to do that, uh, you know, without without having my head too far up my own ass. I wanted to honor that this guy literally worshipped that film. Like he worshipped that performance. And so he wasn't trying to do a copy of a copy. He was a shapeshifter shifting into literally that guy. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that the the dialect... Was screen accurate to what Lugosi did in the film, Right. Know? and not just a general idea of uh, Ivan Tuzakia right, 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 which I think right. is the which is which is the the low hanging fruit of it all, yeah. But I, I I was like, well, this guy would like he would be the um actually guy who. Would know every yeah. every nook and cranny yeah. of of every hand gesture and knuckle bend and <laughs> yeah, yeah, eyebrow right. raise and squint. Yeah, yeah. And, it w- and 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 the fact that I wasn't in my brain, my my face was Legosi's face. Like he's a shapeshifter, so short of doing CGI or prosthetics, like this guy wasn't like a guy cosplaying as Bela Lugosi. He was shapeshifting into face. Or, right, right, right,
1: right, yeah. right. There's that sort of detail. So this the episode is surprisingly funny and, and subtle in, in ways that you don't see coming. It's not there's no like setup to a joke. The joke just happens. For example, the scooter bit. Like you run away, cape flapping, super fun, and then you hop on a scooter and I remember watching it going, What? <laughs> Which by the way, Bob Singer uh names is one of his favorite things he's ever done in supernatural was that was this, this episode in particular and some of the humor that you guys pulled yeah. off so that the pizza guy and so my question is how much of that was because you're a very funny dude you have well, a, thank a you. razor sharp comic timing how much of that was on the page and you guys pulling it off or how much of that you and bob going ooh, wouldn't it be funny if i hopped on the scooter
2: like no, I mean, no, look, that doesn't come from me on the day. Like they had to rent a scooter, and right, <laughs> they had R- to, sure, for obviously sure. Obviously, that was that was all in the uh, that was all in the script. All of the it was such a. I mean, it's Ben, right? So right, all I had to do was sing his song. Ben, Ben, Ben is a, a, a is a smutty fart dude. Fart.
1: You did. You just call. You just did call Ben Edlund a fart. Smutty I fart. just called
2: him a smutty <laughs> fart dude. Uh,
1: <laughs> If that's not his new uh, uh, LinkedIn description, I don't know. He's money and, <laughs> and fart.
2: He's uh, money and fart. He is a funny, smart dude, yeah. and uh, and just wickedly talented as John Rogers, who we all know, I believe, uh, says he's like he's like I think the best episode of your five favorite shows, and Ben probably wrote them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so all of the the whole I, I have a coupon. Like all of that was in the script. Now what i brought to it was my own rhythms and 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 i think never winking at it
1: not at all and, that's why it's funny and, that's why it works
2: yeah i think pl- like just playing it hard straight and 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 also like i think the fun part especially with the pizza scene is the fact that he, the guy just won't give it up at the same right. time, he's still having a business transaction, so it's like, hang on, like like you would if you're like a guy in a retirement community who's like, oh, I have a coupon. Hang on, let me find like all of that, like still playing that truth, but he just won't give up the Dracula bit, <laughs> right? Uh, which is which is, I think it's the collision of opposites. There's was where that comedy comes from.
1: I also think the actor who played the pizza guy was it's great. great. It was oh my perfect. God, that kid. Yeah. Foil.
2: So dry, dry as a bone, yeah. like the best the best foil in the world. And so many of these things yeah. we're
0: talking about have become some of the best moments in Supernatural. I mean, they, we talk about 15 seasons. They'll show like the greatest hits on a reel on a three-minute reel, which they did a lot towards the end of this show. And a lot of them are, are from this episode. And that, in particular, that That's moment crazy. with that kid is such
2: an iconic moment for this show. Even the, like, the Ed Wood cross to the door in the mid-century modern house. Yeah. Like, right. it's just like, I'm speaking of Wes Anderson, it's like this squared-off shot of me walking to the door and, and that's where like I, my stupid choices come in of like he's going to remain stated the entire walk uh-huh. no <laughs> one's looking at him <laughs> right there's no one watching him at this point he's literally gone from his basement to the front door <laughs> but he still has the cape up uh-huh. and he's still like uh-huh. doing that 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 melodramatic cross yeah. to his own front door <laughs> it, That that's the kind of stuff that kills me yeah like yeah. so I'm like I got to make sure I do it. It's like I won't just turn to go leave to go upstairs. I have to flutter the cape around in yeah. like, full Legosi <laughs> flourish. And and that's what was the joy of it. Yes. But I think to to your original point, I think because the episode was such an outlier, uh it was black and white, it was done in this universal monster movie uh Format, Tone. Yeah. like they nailed the cinematography, yeah. Pennsylvania, Transylvania. Like, I think because it stood out and there was such affection for it, it, was not a parody. No. It was it was genuinely leaning in. And by the way, when you watch those old monster movies, you'll have the same laughs because of how like just they are just slowly close up on him. As he's coming in to like, kill people, and it takes for freaking ever, which <laughs> right. is laughable by today's cinematic pacing standards. Yeah. But b- because they did it so lovingly in this, it's still so funny. <laughs> and Well, and to your point earlier,
1: what we would now be watching, if anybody listening to this goes back and watches Bella Lugosi do Dracula, what they'll see is something they seem seen spoofed. A thousand times in things they don't even know they saw spoofed in a Simpsons episode. In in something that's not even a direct spoof, you use the term lovingly, and I think that's correct. It it's such it's got such a place in the canon of films that it has been picked apart in a way that people are like, Oh, we should we should nod to that, we should nod to this, we should nod to that. And so it's been we've all seen it in bite-sized morsels our entire life. Yeah in different no, programs yeah you know
2: <laughs> yeah i mean even morgan freeman as vincent the vegetable vampire on the electric company yeah. uh it's uh
0: <laughs> and the count or the count just count dracula uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, yeah uh yeah it, on sesame street yeah. yeah like i said it is the de facto like when you look at just a halloween decoration with the widow's peak and the and the and the and the counts like the, the medallion uh-huh. that is all just from legosi right and, but but it is now a copy of a copy of a copy, uh-huh. right? So when you look at this man who was a renowned stage actor, and he had actually performed this role on stage hundreds of times, really. Um, by the time, yeah, it was it was a stage play before they made the movie. So his acting is hitting the balcony, like that's the that was the he was not he didn't change anything from his stage performance right right. Right. so everything is so that it gets seen from the back of the theater like (laughs) it was just it was so (laughs) huge And, and he would do these he would do these like physical holds as he walked and it's bonkers but it is so amazing yes uh, and then and then you, when you put it on a, a screen with me and Jensen just being Jensen and, yeah. and Jared just being Jared, like, with everybody else acting so contemporary, like, how could it not be funny?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they did, you know, Bob did all those things. You talk about the cinematography. It's everything. The wipes, like, the the transition between scenes is all perfectly done to the period, to the style. The something.
2: light across my eyes and when yeah. I first reveal myself, yeah. it's this sort of, The square, angular down sweep of light. That that set, well, the the lab set and then that street set was phenomenal. And then to actually be there, dressed as I was, as as they rolled out all that smoke. Wow, it was so cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Like not, you don't get to do that on TV. No,
0: no, no, not
2: at all.
1: You get to do that on most shows. Can't most shows can't go that far off their normal template and then. Boomerang right back the next week and not miss a beat, you know? Yeah, people, and I think
2: because it was, it actually aired on my 40th birthday. Oh, wow. Ah, when's your birthday? October 16th. It was their Halloween episode. And so the fact that I think it was almost presented like Supernatural Halloween special, I think people gave it a lot of leeway. And it was also four seasons in, and so I think uh, it's, I don't think it's something they could have done in season one. I think they earned the right to get a little silly, but it was also just so well written and interesting and right. filled with such the, the specific moments. Him and Later Hosen, like yeah, the, there's it's right. just packed with such memorable stuff, and it already had that rabid fan base. Right.
1: So, so we talked about Bob Singer, uh, who directed the episode a long-running showrunner and executive producer of the show, he directed this, directed the most episodes out of any Supernatural director. And he has told us, because we talked to him about this episode, that out of 48 episodes, this was his favorite that he did, like, by far. And he even mentioned that shot that you're talking about of Lock Off, Dracula goes through living room as being one of the favorite shots that he ever had a hand in, in any of it. So it's, so it's so great that you leaned in on that. I'm like, Bob, the scooter and that shot were things that Bob went on and on about. That's so, um, that,
2: that's so fun.
1: So, so to, so to let's talk about Bob a little bit. Like what was your experience like working with him?
2: When I came to the set to meet everybody, cause when I, when I landed in Vancouver that night, they were like, Oh, come by. Because I think there's probably some like makeup tests or fittings for the fangs, and and it was the th- they were in the theater because I didn't shoot in the theater, but it was the, I, the where the kid was in the organ, All right. uh, Playing playing the organ, so I had not I wasn't shooting that day, but I brought it to the set. They'd already been shooting I think for a few days on it, and everybody was very excited. They were f- palpably kind of giddy to step out of their comfort zone with this one. And Bob was just a kid in the candy store because he was, he was really emulating a lot of that, the, that classic cinematography. And I think he was seeing it was working. Yeah, Right. He may, he may have a different experience, but I could see he was very like, he was so eager to come and say hi. And, and then kind of talking about what they were doing with this shot to, at that moment. And there was, there was a bit of a, bucket list being checked off you can sort of feel in somebody's heart uh as as he was working on this one
0: yeah yeah and he talks about it that way absolutely
1: ahoy rich spade here hope you're enjoying the episode but we got to pull over for a second for some messages thanks for listening now back to the episode
0: Was it a talk about it being in black and white? Do you remember there being any, like, your makeup had to be a certain way? Or were there any adjustments that were made because of that?
2: You know, it's oh, so, so to the makeup, because I had dove deep into my research, I was actually giving a lot of input as, as I sat with uh, the makeup head. Just a little bit of dark on the inside of the lip, as opposed to going right up to the lip. It was just tucked just inside. Like we were making a lot of very specific subtle things. One major makeup thing that I lost the fight on. Ooh, this here we go. Fangs. 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 He he didn't have them. Bella Lugosi did not have fangs in the original '30s Dracula, ah. and I got fitted for fangs, and so I was like. And I was like, I'm um, actually, I was like, well, technically, if he wanted to be screen accurate, he just would like shape his mouth like this. He would just sort of shape his mouth like that and then just sort of come at the camera <laughs> and you never saw sharp teeth. Huh. And, I, and I think, obviously, because so much time has passed and there's so many signifiers that say this is Dracula and one of those things being sharp teeth. They were like, no, you're going to have them. Wow. So I was like, just shut up and hit your mark. You're like, you're, <laughs> you're like, no one is going to nitpick this beyond you. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, technically Bela <laughs> B- 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 didn't have fangs. So I don't think I should. And, uh, that is interesting, though. I lost that fight.
1: That's yeah, true, because I don't think I knew that. I think I've just always assumed I see
2: fangs. Now, if you actually go back and watch I think probably cuz he played Dracula more than once. Yeah. They did other like like rip-off yeah. ones that I think he probably eventually did as audience hunger demanded. He probably had them but in if in that original 30s film he did not have sharp teeth. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But as far as all of the other stuff i I'm sure way beyond my pay grade as they spoke to the light directors and the, and what lenses they were using to shoot in black and white yeah yeah like all of the the spe- specifics about that I think were irrelevant to me like I just was the makeup palette sure makeup sure, palette. yeah they just pal- they just pal- paled me out. A little bit, and then, like I said, I well, had
1: been, I, but it sounds like you had a a, a voice in it a little bit. You know, a like little, your bit. research brought you some knowledge, which is great.
2: I, you yeah. know, I I always I have one yard to tend during any guest star shot, right? right? Like, Dude. I don't have to look big picture. I just have to, yeah.
1: That's more. a great analogy, great saying, a great analogy. I've never heard that. That's really good. I've got one yeah. yard to tend. That's dope. Um, That's it. You, you you mentioned earlier that you had never met Kripke until. Striking so, uh, with him long time. I mean, he him.
2: may have been in the audition, but by that point, it's just all, that's like, that's literally 15 minutes of my life. Totally. If that. Right.
1: And you're focused on something else, too. Yeah. You know.
2: So we had not met, and then he put me also but on. But you
0: did, you did Revolution. Yeah, he put me on Revolution as well. But yeah. you never met him, even when you did that. Yeah, No. Yeah.
1: So let me ask you this about the Revolution thing. Was Revolution, yeah. was he like, oh, I'm a fan of Todd, Todd can do to this show? Or did, was that another go in the meeting
2: so the director steve boyam and i worked together on i think it was hawaii 5 and i think because it, it was around the same time i think yeah we had done hawaii 5 and steve was like i was just because i'm going on to do revolution and i feel like that was a straight offer nice because i think i had just worked with steve and eric knew my bag of tricks. And so so I think I think that was a straight offer for Revolution. I think it was. And Boyam had a lot of ideas and and really was excited to uh because he directed those episodes yeah. or that episode as yeah. well. Yeah. Awesome. He
0: often directed uh Supernatural as well. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, Robbie. Um, Love that guy. Yeah. Todd, I'm gonna ask you kind of a an off the script question. Do you ever teach I have. You seem to be a, a child of the theater, and your and your and your language very much speaks to me as an actor. I go. I wonder if this guy teaches.
2: I did. Uh, I started out teaching improv through Second City, and then in New York, when I got fired from my from my bartending gig because the guy wanted to hire more female and hotter. Uh-huh. I suddenly found myself teaching three improv classes a week. And and then that rolled into teaching improv and teaching ongoing classes for Leslie Kahn uh, when I moved to New York. And then I started an improv school called The Hot House that ran for eight years in LA. So uh, I've spent a good amount of time trying to pass on whenever so whatever I like, my, yeah, lines, well, all
0: that, co- all that comes in handy too. And then you, you're doing it yourself. It do Yeah. And yeah. certainly improv. I think yeah. S- some yeah. of my favorite people are children of improv.
1: Yeah. Now listen, this has been phenomenal. Typically this is where we'd say goodbye and we'd go on and do these like the other crap. Where we do uh, Mythology stuff, But we want you To stick around Making for this. you stay We're, we're making I'll you Stick, stick around For, stick for some right. fun right, facts so this is, and some,
0: We're uh, gonna go through Some I like facts A few universal yeah. Monster movie Fun facts That you might not know Fun facts uh, uh, In 19 19th... well, has, has a theme
2: song Yeah
1: It, was... yeah, it is You wanna hear
0: it you go like this <clears throat> Fun, facts, fun facts.
2: <laughs> Oh, there's more verses to it. Yeah, 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 it it goes deep. In
0: 1931, Universal made a Spanish-language Dracula movie, while the English version was still being shot. The English version shot during the day, the Spanish version shot at night, at the same time, on the same locations. Did you know that?
2: What's what's wild about that is uh, the director was watching Todd Browning. He was watching what he did, and he's like, I could do that better. And so cinematically, there's far more interesting shots in the Spanish language version. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, but so the Spanish language guy was like watching what Browning did, and he's like, he's like, eh, this is what I would do. And then he wouldn't. By do the it. way,
1: how about I mean you feel bad for Browning, who's over there working his keister off, and then he's like, and who's the Spaniard who keeps lurking around about four feet from my chair? And was it all different
2: actors? I'm not here. <laughs> they use the they use all the same sets like it's it's literally like almost a shot for shot version with different actors, but he does really interesting stuff with the camera that Browning wasn't doing. Wow,
0: that's hilarious! Yeah. Um,
2: it's wild. Moving
0: on to Frankenstein, uh, Doctor Frankenstein's line "It's alive! It's alive!" was cut. For censors, the original line was, it's alive, it's alive in the name of God. Now I know what it feels like to be God.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I never knew that either. No. It's a cautionary tale, yeah. folks.
1: Cautionary I tale. Didn't wanna, it, it, it's cute to find out what censors were worried about back
0: then. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> now we have the Kardashians. But, you know, back then, <laughs> they didn't want anybody saying we're going to be God. Uh, no. Okay, here's a little tidbit. Lon Chaney Jr. became Wolfman. the only actor in the franchise to play. Can we name what he played? Todd, do you know he what, was the, what? He
2: was the Wolfman.
1: Right. Well, obviously Dracula, because here we are on the Dracula theme.
2: Played Dracula. Frankenstein's monster.
1: Frankenstein's monster and- A mummy. Mummy, yeah.
2: He played a mummy. He did them all. Yeah, did them all. And he his father all. is famous for the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the hunchback of Notre Dame, yeah,
0: really freaky looking,
2: yeah. Family Cheneys, business, man. Wh- who yeah. played, uh, who played
0: Nosferatu? Who was that actor? That actor always freaked me, Max Shrek, right? That's right,
2: Max yeah. Shrek. He always freaked me out. Which then, um, Chris Watkins' character is named that in Batman Returns. Oh, wow, wow, oh. as a nod, is, yeah. is named Max Shrek is named Max Shreck. Huh. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Like we're getting better uh, fun facts from uh Stashwick
2: over here. Come on. Uh, man. <laughs> also uh, it's, it's a sickness.
0: Our last <laughs> uh, fun fact is that Bella Lugosi is buried in his Dracula cape, which is oh, amazing.
2: That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that that's, is cool. That's cool. Hey, that's a tragic story, but uh, What? How he died? And what is such a Well, just yeah, he was a heroin addict. Yeah. Oh my it's God. uh it's a tragic story. I mean, they could chronicle it. Quite a bit in um, in Ed Wood, right. uh, which is, I think, my favorite Tim Burton film. It's, For sure, it is just a phenomenal it's film. A great movie, and and Martin Landau's performance is yeah, uh, remarkable. Well, it was Academy Award winning. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah
1: it was. wow. So he, I can't help but think about that movie and that Oscar, and think about how annoyed I was when the orchestra played him off abruptly. Do you guys remember that Martin Landau, who'd been you know a journeyman forever. Number four in the call sheet in every Hitchcock movie. Yeah. And yeah. finally gets his moment in the sun, wins an Oscar. And he's like, I'd like to thank. Da, 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 da. And he's, oh, no. he's like, no. And literally he's like, no way, don't play me off. And that was it. And I remember like, you mother, him? Uh, how about cut the the parade of costumes short you know like you maybe know like that. Maybe, maybe that trim that
2: maybe one less billy crystal song
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly well it did well exactly.
0: for him he was recognized after that as an you know oscar yeah, winner. he was yeah. got to do a lot oh of stuff, yeah not for sure
2: that's uh and his vampire fame was passed on to his daughter
0: yeah who my uh girlfriend just met on a uh, at a convention and be, they came, became fast buddies.
2: I don't know this. Who, who's his daughter? Juliet Landau played Drusilla on Buffy, Buffy the Vampire. Or was it Angel?
1: Yeah. Oh. Wow.
2: On Buffy. Yeah. yeah. I had no yeah. idea. I got to meet Lugosi's son. Oh, really? At a convention. Really? At actually Monster Palooza. And he looks exactly like him. Oh, wow. It was cool. All right. Now we, we have some questions
0: for you from our uh, members at Patreon, our special members, listeners. Kara Styler wants to know, what was your favorite line or moment
2: with the character? I love uh, when, when, when when Jensen calls me, he goes, you pumpkin pie-eyed freak. And then he goes, you do know the monster gets killed. That's my Jensen. You do know the monster gets killed. That's pretty good. And, the, the, and I, go, I go, but this is my movie. In this movie, the hero dies. And the monster, and then I do this forever walk to this to this uh, like switch, which is supposed to electrocute him. And I, I take a year and a half just yeah. just checking in the, with the switch and looking at Jetson <laughs> and looking at the switch, and it kills me. Like I watch that scene, I'm like, guys, I'm gonna go like incredibly slow. And and Bob was like, do that, do that. I'm like, yeah, because. Lagosi would do that. He would like reach right. for a doorknob or something right. for like a, a good year and a half. And <laughs> was like like uh-huh. this, you're gonna have to cut to a commercial break. The amount of time I'm gonna take. He's like, no, do it, do it. <laughs> I think that moment alone kills me. That that was around the same moment. I think that you know Jensen has talked about this, where he's in full layer hose and I'm fully dressed as Dracula, and I lead over to him and I go, "We're both grown men." <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> This is what we do for a living. But I think that scene, that moment uh, kills me. I also like, I love the line about how uh, they were meager. Life is meager and messy, but the monsters were elegant. And then I say, I choose elegance. And I like did this big thing with the cape. And just that line, I choose elegance. Yeah. Just such a beautiful uh, moment. Yeah. Those are two of my favorites. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, they did uh, such a nice job. And Ben, and then you performing the character, humanizing a shapeshifter. It was one of the only times that we've had that moment of like genuinely feeling bad for the monster. (sighs)
2: He's, he's, that character's heartbreaking. But he just talks about how his father called him monster and beat him with a shovel. Like it's horrible. Yeah. It's just so sad. And then the fact that, like I said, the fact that they let me drop the dialect. I didn't shift into anything. Like, he still stays in the Dracula form, but to watch it drop. And then they left in one of the takes with this lovely grace note when I, I hit the word terrifying and I kind of mock myself. I go, it's right. terrifying. And I jump back in the accent for like a hot second. Yes, yes. I love that. And then, so one story and it's now notorious. There's a big fight scene at the end and i'm elbowing uh jensen in the face and he's supposed to take it And as you know stunt there should be like two feet between you whenever you're throwing a punch there's two feet where the camera is it reads like there's contact being made but whatever happened that day i either leaned forward and jensen leaned forward that distance got crossed and i just clocked oh no Uh, and, and you just watch him like bam and I immediately am mortified because a stunt gone wrong is a stunt yeah, gone wrong. Yeah. And But I'm so stated as Dracula and I'm hitting him. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Oh. And the minute I clock him it all, edifice just drops. I'm like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, my God. Are you okay? <laughs> and, and that's in the blooper reel. Oh, like, really? They show that. And, and Jensen is such a good sport about it because I'm sure, like, with well, a show as many stunts as it has, I wasn't the first. But he's like, you got me good. <laughs> you got me, man. Uh, it was. Uh, oh wow! I didn't break his nose though, but I did clock him. In the wow! Face.
0: Wow! <laughs> All
1: right, here's. I'm going to move on to another fan question. Puppy Mom Oh Six wants to know if you could do a scene with any actor living or dead. Who would it be and why? Caplan
2: Blanchett. Because yeah. Cate solid Blanchette. answer.
1: Solid yeah. answer. They don't. They don't need to be a why to that one. Caplan Blanchette. Yeah. Yeah. Genius, Robbie.
0: Kathy wants to know. Considering your background in improv, did you go off script or ad lib any of the dialogue?
2: I didn't have to, yeah. like when it's, when it's so well-written and, and by the way, I, I always like to follow up because a lot of that question gets asked a lot about a lot of roles. Do not confuse, I think people confuse improvising with making up words. As actors, we're constantly improvising, whether we're still saying the things the writer wrote, we are in a constant state of discovery and play and and reacting to what the fellow actor in the scene is giving you moment to moment to moment. So it is constantly an act of improvisation. And it's not like I go into improv mode just because I'm now making up dialogue that wasn't in the script. That's often ad-libbing. But the the art of improvisation is a broader operating system as a performer.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely.
2: As opposed to deciding how I'm going to say those lines. Yes. I'm in a state of improvisation. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's really cool, I man. I've never heard it described yeah. like that. That's really, really cool. Uh, and then our, our last fan question here from Rain Trower. How did you discover Universal monster movies, and
2: which was your favorite monster? I think they they were omnipresent. I don't know if I discovered them. I think it's like if you were a child born after a certain yeah. era in America, and say, oh, you know what? I was Dracula for Halloween as a little boy. There, there we go. go. I was. We got there.
0: Come full circle.
2: And I and I also as a little boy had Star Trek action figures. So I've been <laughs> pretending to be a captain since I was a little boy too. So that's t- there's two, two prophetic things. But I think they just always were there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there was a there was a thing called the three o'clock movie that you would get yeah. home from school or the creature feature. I was thinking that, creature
1: feature for sure.
2: Well when I grew up in the Midwest, I grew up in Chicago, and so we had, and he's still doing it, Spangoolie, the son of Spangoolie. He was like the monster show host, That he was doing a parody of, of of Dracula, and I have a poster. So I'm friends with him now. Rich Coase is the actor who played him, and it was... It was this, like we would have our Cheetos and our Dr Pepper, and we would watch the Son of Spengolie, and you can Google it. Uh, but he's now just Spengolie, and he's he's on MeTV, and he still hosts the Creature Feature. So I think that was my big introduction to the monster movies back in the day as a little boy, just fascinated with them. And which is my favorite? Well, Dollars for donuts, I think the best of them is the. Bride of Frankenstein. Ah, that that's that's a great film. Wow. It's a really great film. It is beautifully shot. It's heartbreaking. It might be the best of them. Wow. Bride of Frankenstein. Right. Yeah. It, it's a pretty great film if you haven't seen it. Good to know. I don't know That's if I've a, seen one it. One to dust off. But I also love the wolf. The Wolfman is weird because it's like when is this taking place? Because there's gypsy carts, but then there's also like Dusenbergs. Like I don't understand when this is, <laughs> but it, it it all works. It's like it's it's the 30s, and it's also like like medieval Europe. Yeah. Like it's so weird. Even
0: that it's called Wolfman. It's like you know it's different it's <laughs> yeah. not a werewolf, not a werewolf. It's wolfman, it's wolfman.
2: <laughs> so good and I like I like that film too it's great and and look and Lugosi's Lugosi's Dracula is is good as they get yeah, too. yeah his performance yeah. is iconic, iconic.
1: I feel like I need to see some of these films again. It's been a long. Well, they've all time. like you,
0: like Todd was saying. They've all been parodied or or referenced or or copied. You know, you it's like going back and watching the early Woody Allen movies, and you realize, oh wow, people have been doing this. This is the original. You know, stopping and talking to the camera like he used to do. Yes,
2: yes, yes, it's, yes. It's,
0: it's it's that you know it's it's uh, it's been done so much. Classic.
2: Yeah, they're so good. I have my little monster shelf here. I have a whole set of like.
1: Cool oh yeah. yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I think Robbie and I, Robbie and I, may have to come over and be newbies D and D guys. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, we'll make we'll make that happen. Let's make
2: a plan for 2024. Okay.
1: Yeah, indeed, man. And thank you so much for doing this, Todd. Yeah, I mean, we were bummed really not fun. to get you the first time, and this is actually even better because we got to do a deeper yeah, dive with you. We, so we've been talking you. about that you a really lot.
0: Fun. It's it's nice to have you on uh, for real. Thanks, thanks for your kind words.
1: Absolutely, I appreciate absolutely. it. Huge fan all genuine my man cheers
2: this is jared padalecki stopping in to say hi and let you know that we've got to take a quick break thank you for supporting supernatural then and now and now back to the show
0: Well, that was uh, awesome to finally have him on the show. Todd Staswick, everybody. He's so great. Yeah, no, he was great. And uh, my I think my favorite part is explaining to you what an NPC was. Uh, but he's great. And obviously, such an intelligent guy. I love hearing him talk about uh, our craft in such a way that I was like, that's what I was like, I would take a class that you teach. You know what I mean?
1: Everything comes from the heart and the brain in equal yeah. measure. He's a very intelligent but heartfelt yeah. guy. And, and you know, it comes off when you meet him. It comes off when you watch yeah. him on screen. But just to have an in-depth conversation, it, it really was in, in full force yeah. today. And that was awesome. Well, listen,
0: everyone, we've got new merch. That's right. New and merch. when we say merch, we mean merchandise.
1: Merchandise.
0: So be sure to check them out on spnthenandnow.com You can get
1: spnthenandnow.com That's
0: right. Uh, my friend, Rapiti repeaty repeaty that we have this new rob's notes uh rob's dumb notes. Uh, notebook uh that's really cool the way it's designed uh it's as if it's my notebook that uh, richard stole and, and kind of wrote graffiti all over it it's really funny
1: you can take your own dumb notes in rob's dumb notebook
0: that's right uh or you can get a new sticker pack
1: brand new sticker there you pack. Go. we got
0: t-shirts and tote bags
1: <laughs> you need a bag for your tote We've got tote bags. You,
0: Rich, you've always been my flavor-flav. You're the flavor-fave to my Chuck D. Uh, I lo- you're like my hype guy. We got t-shirts, t-shirts. What, what? <laughs> well, uh, this was a fun, extra special episode, everybody.
1: Yeah, man, a little a little bonus material with Todd Stashwick. That's right.
0: I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you at the next one. Yes, we will. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict.
1: Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine
0: and Hayda Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. <laughs> Music provided by Tim Wynn.
1: The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios.
0: This podcast is from Story Mill Media.
1: Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at SPN Then and Now.
0: Become a member of the podcast at patreon.com SPN Then and Now or on Apple.
1: TikTok? We're on TikTok? Yep. I didn't know that. Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at SPN Then and Now. <laughs> be sure <laughs> forget it. This ah. is supposed to be
0: real quick at the end of the episode, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, go. We, I did my bit to finish wrapping up. Rappy?
0: Follow the podcast and TikTok. too. We're on TikTok? I didn't know that. I
1: didn't know we were on TikTok. The tape's
0: still rolling. There's
1: no company memo that said we were on TikTok.
2: Storybell Media.